This goes out to every outcast Till they just don't quite fit in Every wrong way, runaway rebel So ashamed of where you've been This goes out to every searcher Trying to fill that empty space Well, your searching days are over now Everything's about to change Good morning, all. Good morning. Uh, I'm going to ask your indulgence for just a moment. Uh, today is uh, uh, significant for our family and for friends of my son, Phil. And I've, I've given out his favorite candy to uh, family and friends. And uh, we're just going to remember it would have been his 51st birthday today. And uh, so pause with us for a moment. We have family gathered watching and those in other places around the country to remember our son and uh, his ministry. The Reese Cups remind us of his favorite candy and his favorite word, sweet. Let's stand together as we gather in to worship the Lord today. Praise God. Heavenly Father, as we gather in this place in this time, we lift up the name of Jesus. We thank you for the privilege of being children of the Most High God. We pray, Father, that as we worship you today, in spirit and in truth, that your Holy Spirit would abide in this place, cover us like a, a mantle, and let us sense that underneath the shadow of the Almighty, there's safety, security, grace, truth, and power. We pray for your hand to be upon us in Jesus' name all this day. Amen. Amen.
may be seated. Good morning, everyone. First and foremost, I'd like to thank everyone for their thoughts and prayers over the weekend. Um, I went to the emergency room. There's just some stomach issues, um, but we're all good now, and God's so good, isn't he? Grandpa, could you come forward, please? If you're a guest with us today, we want to welcome you here to Trinity. And um, if you are visiting for the first time, just slip up your hand for us. We have an information card for you if you could fill that out for us. And that way you can just keep in touch everything that's going on here at the church as well as we can keep in touch with you. So if you're a guest with us, can we give a round of applause for everyone today? Today we have our church picnic and water baptism at the uh, Williams Estate. The address and information for that is in your bulletins. Make sure that you bring a towel and swim trunks if you'd like to, you know, take a dip. As the summer is closing, this might be one of your last opportunities. Yeah, sorry. Remember, this is a church event, so just pack with that in mind, I guess. Thank you, Miss Linda. That could have been bad. <laughs> um, as always, if you are able to join us on Wednesdays, we would love to have you guys come out and spend some time in fellowship and um, just growing in our faith. We have adult Bible study in the morning, and then we have thing activities for all ages in the evenings, youth, rangers, missionettes, nursery, all that good stuff. Um, so if you're available to come out and join us on Wednesdays at 7, we do appreciate it, and we'd love to see you there. Today we are finishing up our Kids Crusade, um, Raiders of the Lost Miracles, and today we're going to be talking about the greatest miracle that is still yet to come, and that is Jesus' promise to come back for his people. And it, it gives us hope in, in the hard times, and we just know that it's all going to be worth it eventually. Um, before I have you all stand back up, I'm going to have Pastor. I'm going to move my shofar out of the way here. It's been uh, a little over three years since we did this, so I'm hoping I don't have to retrain my ushers. But we're going to be... <laughs> get... Uh, during the COVID and following, we never got back into the aspect of taking up our offering as a body of believers together. And uh, we're going to resume that today. And we invite you to bless the Lord. I'm asking the ushers to gather in the back there. And uh, they'll come forward and we'll have a word of prayer. Then we're going to continue on in worship as the offering plates uh, you had more than that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. <laughs> okay. We're going to give the Lord praise out of our tithes and our offerings. And as the path, the plates pass by you, make your investment in the kingdom, I invite you to then stand as they're going to be worshiping and lead us in worship today. 
Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the privilege of giving praise to our God. We can never pay for what you've done. There's no price tag that we can offer that covers the salvation of our souls. But we give because you've first given. You gave your only begotten Son, and we want others to know the joy of free salvation. So, Father, as we make investment in your kingdom today, through our tithes, our offerings, our love gifts to you, we pray that you would bless both gift and giver and let your blessings flow as we participate in this divine action. It's a miracle, Father, when we give to you, you touch what's left and expand it to meet our needs as well. We ask your blessing as we give and as we praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, you're mighty. 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 Lord, you're mighty.
not just a one and done. We got to run to the Father again and again and again and again. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to the throne of grace. Praise God, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I do want to remind everyone of the water baptism time to this afternoon and if you want to follow the Lord's command to be baptized in water uh, you can see me immediately after the service if you haven't already signed up and we will hook you up there's nothing magical about water baptism it doesn't save you it just is an outward sign that you've asked Jesus to be your Savior that you're buried with him in baptism and raised with him to new life but we'd like as many as possible to be there to celebrate with those who are going to be baptized and to cheer as they celebrate publicly what Jesus has done on the inside it's a it's a great thing and we we praise God for the opportunity to share in that joy together the past several weeks we've been looking at a series of messages entitled face-to-face -face, personal encounters one-on-one -on -one encounters with Almighty God we've been to several different locations we've seen the one-on-one -on face-to-face that Jacob had and he was changed and not only he was changed but there was a change that affected generation after generation with a face-to-face with Almighty God. We've also looked a little bit at Abraham, and we've looked at Moses, and we've seen how that God impacted them on a face-to-face -face basis, that there's transformation and change. There's a availability to talk to God face-to-face -face every single day. You say, but I, I, I don't feel it. It's not about feeling. It's about reality. And the if we waited till we felt like doing things, how many of you wouldn't have accomplished a whale of a lot this past week? You know, I just didn't feel like it. But you know, the, the reality is that God is willing to meet with each one of us on a regular basis, and he's promised to be there as we talk to him in prayer. We want to make another visit today to a face-to-face -face encounter and this time we're going to move into the New Testament and look to a face-to-face -face with Jesus. Would you stand with me, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And it's talking about Jesus there in verse 3. We'll start with verse 3. John chapter 4, beginning with verse 3, says this. Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Say, high noon with me. Thank you. 
High noon, okay. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me to drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. We're going to stop there, pick up the story. Father God, walk us to a well. Walk us to a face-to-face -face that a woman had with Jesus. And speak to our hearts about these face-to-face, one-on-one encounters with an almighty God. I ask it in Jesus' name, who still meets people at the well. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus had been down in Jerusalem in Judea, which is at the far bottom of Israel in that day. If you want to uh, save yourself a trip to the back pages of your Bible to find your Bible maps, uh, years ago I had a Bible instructor who said, just use your hand, put it face up, and you get kind of the lay of the land of how that Israel just kind of goes over and up, and in the center, uh, you, you find a crease coming down, and at the bottom you have the mountains of Judea, and in the northern part, at the fir very first finger, you find where the Sea of Galilee was. It gives you kind of a little personalized map of Israel. And Jesus was down at the bottom in Judea at Jerusalem for one of the feasts, and he's going to go up to the Sea of Galilee. And, but he needed to go through Samaria. Now in the days that Jesus is working and ministering in, the middle part of Israel was a separate land. It was called Samaria. It was a part of the northern divided kingdom and they kept their identity after it came under Greek and Roman rule. So you say, well, it only makes sense that he had to go through Samaria to get up to Galilee. Well, there's two main ways to get up there. There's the easy way, and then there's the hard way. But you got to go through Samaria one way or the other. The easiest way, the least strenuous, it takes a little bit longer, but it's easier, is to go the coastal route up by the Mediterranean Sea and then across at the Valley of Jezreel. That's how most people went that journey because down the center is a range of mountains and hills and all kinds of treacherous areas. It's called the King's Highway when people from the north come to the south and vice versa. Jesus elected to go the hardest route but the straightest route up to the Galilee. 
Now, if you look at your map, <laughs> again, you'll see that Syker is to the left of the straightest shot up. Jesus made a detour as he passed through Samaria to a place called Syker. And he went there on purpose. There was a divine appointment for Jesus beside the well at Syker. I don't know about you, but I believe in divine appointments. He got there and he was sitting by the well. Jesus went to the well, which was situated outside the little village of Syker, not a big town. But he came and he sat down by the well and waited. He dismissed the disciples to go into town and get some food. But he was there on a divine appointment. Now, the one he had the appointment with didn't realize she had an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that day. No, this woman, we don't have her name, but that's all right. Jesus knew her. He had a divine appointment that day. Jesus just sat there and waited. I believe Jesus is still making divine appointments that you may not be aware of. And he's waiting for you. And he's waiting for me to show up. Now this woman who came, we know a little bit about her. We don't know her name, but we know that everybody else knew her name. She was a pariah. She was an outcast in her city. We know this from several factors. Her situation that she lived in tells us one part. But the other part is she's coming out at high noon to go to the well to get water. Now, all the other ladies in town would come out because, okay, let's have the ladies grown a little bit. That was woman's work in that day. And, and uh, you're going to pay for that one, brother. I, yeah. Because they would go out early in the day because... They didn't have running water in their houses, of course. And you couldn't just leave it sit out. You had to go and get fresh water every day for cleaning and cooking purposes. And so the women of the village would come out early in the morning because they had a, a task to complete. And it's better to do it in the cool of the morning than in the heat of the day. It can get really hot in the middle of Israel, in the middle of the day. So this woman's coming out at noon. All the other ladies of town have come out to get the water for cooking and cleaning purposes earlier in the day. They would use it as a time of fellowship and draw the water. And then you've all seen the, the images of them carrying water on their head. This was still a custom in that day. And they would gather up their water pots, put a little uh, saucer on their head, put the water pot and go back into town. 
And so they would do it in the cool of the day before it got so deathly hot that uh, you would spill the water trying to get back in a hurry. The ladies would come out and they would chat. I don't know if they had recipe sharing or just talked about what a jerk their husband was for sending them out to get the water in the morning or, or what. just talk about different things of the day. But there was one lady in town who was uncomfortable in that morning situation because she had a checkered past. She had a, a story behind her that everybody in town knew about. Any of you ever raised in a small town? Everybody knows everything about everything about everyone. And Syker is no exception. Everybody knew that she didn't want to be around the other ladies because the other ladies didn't want to be around her. She had five husbands working on a sixth. You say, well, boy, was divorce that common? No, it was not. But she was living in a Samaritan village, and the penalties were not the same as in a Jewish community. In a Jewish community, she could have been not just ostracized, but stoned. She's had all of these husbands, and the one that she's living with right now is, is not her husband. She's not married to him. And, but there was shame associated with those relationships, but no actual punishment except shunning. You see, the Samaritans were a group of people who centuries before had broken off from, from the temple worship, and they built their own temple. She talks about that in her discourse with Jesus. They didn't really worship the one true God. They had idols and bulls and whatever that they worshiped. But they went through the motions of worship and there were no penalties for some of the sins that there were penalties for in having a, a lifestyle that was immoral. Now, how did a person divorce in those days? It wasn't a legal matter. It was just if the husband didn't like you anymore or you cooked a bad omelet, uh, you could find yourself kicked out. No penalty for the guy. He just had to, according to the law of Moses, that they had subscribed to that, uh, you were divorced. And she'd gone through this five times. I think she gave up on after number five husband, and uh, that's bad cooking. That's, never mind. We were kidding uh, Jr. this morning that it was probably some bad home cooking that got him his, but I wouldn't say that publicly, uh, or even on recordings. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pay for that one later, but but. Uh, she decided not even get married. She was just living not just in a sinful lifestyle, but also in sin herself. She came out by herself. The women of the village wouldn't even talk to her. Obviously, the men did, but uh, the women didn't like the men talking to her. She came out. She was all alone. And she comes out, and she is shocked to find a person. He probably has the 
the trappings of a Jew, the, the fringes and the borders of the garment and all the rest, and she can instantly spot that he's Jewish. There were certain things about the way that the beard was cut and or not cut and, and, the, and the traditional wrappings and the prayer shawls and all the rest. She spotted immediately Jesus is waiting on her. She doesn't realize that. She's confused by it. She, she's stunned to see a Jewish man at the well of a Samaritan city the Jews didn't like to go through Samaria. They would take the coastal plain where there wasn't very many, there were not very many cities. And here he was, he was on a detour route, going to the north, she probably assumed. But why was he there? A Jew in Samaritan hostile territory. Some of the worst profanities that they could utter was to call, the Jews would call each other, you Samaritan. It was a curse word. There Jesus sat and he's wearied from his journey because he's not only walking through the king's highway, the toughest way to get up north, but he's taking a detour, a side trip. It's in the heat of the day. You didn't travel in the heat of the day. You waited for the morning or the cool of the evening. But there he sat. And Jesus was there on purpose. He needed to go through Samaria because he had a divine appointment to keep with a solitary woman in an out-of-the-way place. He said, would, would you give me a drink of water? Now she's come prepared to draw water. She has the the, the vessels to carry it back. She has the, the cords and the ropes by the well. And she said, well, she cuts right to the heart of it. She's not going to beat around the bush with this Jewish stranger. She says, why do you, a Jew, talk to me, a Samaritan and a woman, both forbidden, both forbidden, and ask me a drink. And Jesus doesn't even answer her question. Because he's there on divine appointment, you see. She doesn't know it. She doesn't know it's no accident that Jesus is sitting on the well. And he responds to her, if you knew who you were talking to, and what gift I can give you, you'd ask me to give you living water. Now, this was exciting news to her because of all the things she had to do, going to the well was a daily reminder of who she was and her life and her lifestyle and the fact that no one in the village would talk to her. She was shunned, an outcast, a pariah. And she says, oh, how, how can you get water? Uh, the well's deep. Are you greater than our forefather of Jacob's well? And, and you're able, he says, I'm going to give you water you never even heard about before. I'm going to give you living water. 
that flows inside you, a spring that bubbles up. Now she's intrigued by this because she doesn't want to ever have to come back and suffer the shame of going to the well at noontime again. Sir, give me this water that I may not come back to the well ever again. She wants a change in her life. She's not happy with the way that she lives. But Jesus isn't done with, with her. He says, uh, well, why don't you go uh, bring your husband. Tell him about it. She drops her head. He knows. He's a stranger, and even the stranger knows. I, I have no husband. And Jesus said, I know that. You had five, and the guy you're living with is not even your husband. She then begins a discourse about that he's a prophet, and, you know, you Jews say this, and she wants to talk religion. Jesus wants to talk life change. Folks, beware discussing religion when you really want to have people have a life change. It's not about all the other stuff. Well, you worship here and we worship there. And Jesus says, it's immaterial. There's coming a day. People won't be making sacrifices at Jerusalem or here. It's true. No sacrifices made there anymore. But he says, everyone's going to have access to the one true God. A divine appointment. She did not know that she was signed up for it. I believe in divine appointments. Do you? Would any of you here venture to believe with me today that perhaps, just perhaps, would you submit to the possibility that Jesus wants to have a divine appointment with you at the well today? Would anybody submit that that's a possibility? You say, well, you know, I think I'd know about it if I needed to have a face-to-face -face with Jesus. Well, I just give you a lame illustration. This past week, uh, we had received notices in the mail. You know those interesting things. Your, your car has a factory recall. Now, Linda's car was running just fine. No problems whatsoever. And, uh, but it says, you need to come in because this could break and you'd be in a heap of trouble if you don't get this fixed. It's what's called preventative maintenance. And you bring it in. Well, why should I bring it in? It's running fine. I've got no problems. It gets me here. It gets me there. I've had no issues with it. But I had to make an appointment for something I didn't know was wrong. And they fixed it. And they signed off on it and says, you're good to go. I asked you before if you would admit to the possibility that Jesus may want to have a divine appointment with you today. You say, well, I, I think I've got, everything's going well for me. Could there be some preventative maintenance that Jesus wants to do 
in hearts and lives today in this place. Would you admit the possibility? There may be some things going on in you and around you that you are not prepared for. Some things that down the road could come back and hurt and harm. Now the preventative thing that we were having done was anti-theft. We, we have a Kia and a Hyundai. Both are on the endangered species list of automobiles in the greater Columbus area. Every night, somebody stole a Kia. Somebody stole a, a Hyundai. And so they sent this out and said, we're going to do something in your car to prevent them from being able to do that ever again. I'm all for that. Did I know what they did? No. Was I aware it needed to be done? No. I knew that I watched where I parked and I, I looked around to make sure I did not leave my car running any place because there were dangers out there that I was unaware of. And there were solutions at the shop that I didn't understand. Would, well, some of you admitted the possibility that Jesus might want to have an appointment with you today, a divine appointment. And others of you have admitted that you may not even be aware of why you need that appointment. Would you admit that there's a possibility there may be some people or situations out there to rob you of what God has done in you and you need some preventive maintenance so they can't do it. I'm getting fewer hands. I don't know if there's fewer people. You see, I believe in divine appointments. This woman had no idea when she got to the well there was going to be anybody there being an outcast and all. She chose the time when there would be nobody to shame her, ignore her, say mean-spirited things to her, or shun her. There may be things going on in your life or in your past that cause you shame. And you distance yourself from others because others remind you of the shame. I have good news. Jesus has divine appointments that can take care of things like that. He knows your past and he knows your present and he can change your future. It's a one-on-one, -on -one, face to face with Jesus that can do the trick. Jesus told her just a few things that he supernaturally knew. He, he revealed her sin and what was going on in her life. Some people suggest, well, uh, Jesus never addressed her sin. I think it's pretty obvious that he hit a home run when he talked to her. She knew. He knew. 
How did he know? You must be a prophet. Well, a little bit more than that. The son of almighty God. And he was coming to give her a gift that would change her trips to the well. Because she could come and be changed by the man she met at the well. She went back into town. She came out with some of the men. They'd talk to her. And Jesus ministered to them. Now, when the disciples came back, you always got to marvel at the disciples. They never caught on to who Jesus was. Oh, I know they said different things, but they're back in, the scripture says, we didn't have time to read it. You can read it on your own. They marveled. That means they were going, huh? Why is Jesus talking to a Samaritan, let alone a Samaritan woman, in the middle of the day, out by the well? That is a no-no. You can't do it. Jesus is not stained by talking to sinners. He changes the sinners he talks to. Aren't you glad? He changes the people with shame. He causes them to have a new respect for eternal kingdom principles. She was a changed woman, and I believe her husband was, she ultimately got married, and I believe she was a changed person in the town. She didn't care about coming to the well anymore. Maybe she could talk to some of the others and tell about the man she met who told her all things about herself. She began to witness from day one of her encounter with Jesus at the well. Did I mention, I believe, in divine appointments? I have other things that I was going to share, but I believe Jesus is sitting at the well today, spiritually speaking. And I've got a unique altar call today. I'm not going to ask you to come and stand. I'm not going to ask you to form a line. I'm not going to ask you to kneel. I'm going to ask you to come and just be seated along this spiritual well today and on the first seat. You say, well, well, we probably won't need that much space. There's probably only one or two. Well, to our shame. Because I believe in divine appointments. Can I get a witness in the house? And I believe that you may not even be aware that he wants to have a face-to-face with you today. Amen? And that there may be things going on that he knows about that you need preventative maintenance in your walk with God so you can face the future unafraid. There may be some things in your past you need to sit down with Jesus and talk it over. Could it be that 
these divine appointments can change lives? I believe so. I was reading the other day about Jesus went to Jericho. And when he went to Jericho, he had two appointments, unscheduled, at least by the people, but scheduled with him. As he's coming into town, he hears a voice. Somebody told this fellow, a blind guy, Bartimaeus by name, that Jesus was passing that way. And Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew his name. He knew his lineage, that he was a part of the kingly line and knew he had mercy to spare. He had heard what Jesus could do. Jesus stopped in the crowd. He says, bring him to me. And Bartimaeus blindly followed the voice of Jesus and the sound of the crowd. And it was a one-on-one. -on -one. You say, but there was a crowd around. I've got good news. It doesn't matter how big the crowd is around. When you're with Jesus, it's a one-on-one. -on -one. It's not about everybody else. He'll, he'll meet right with you, right where you are. How many of you ever had a meeting with Jesus right in the middle of a crowd where Jesus did something special for you? And he met with Bartimaeus there, and he healed him, and Bartimaeus went away praising the name of the Lord and shouting, and he saw all things clearly, and he was a testimony going into town. Well, Jesus is just passing through on his way to Jerusalem. On the other side of town, getting ready to go out of town, he has another divine appointment. Now, when you're walking in a crowd, it's always best to watch where you're walking. Amen? Jesus isn't watching where he's walking because he looks up in a tree, a sycamore tree, and he notices his next appointment. He just had one appointment on the coming into town. And he's got another appointment on the other end of town. He's just passing through. No record that he's, he's going to stay, but he's going to stay for at least a meal. And as he's walking, everybody else is looking at him and he's passing by, but Jesus looks up to a sycamore fig tree and he sees movement in the branches and he knows his name. No record Jesus had been by that way before. But in his divine appointment book, sent from the Holy Spirit, you've got an appointment with a man up a tree. And his name is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus thought he was being smart. He's a short dude. He says, I can't see above the crowd. I'll get up here where I can, I can see him through the branches and I'll, I'll just, uh, I just want to see him. I just want to see him. But Jesus had other plans for that divine appointment, did he not? He stopped. There's a crowd, but the crowd is not the center of his attention right now. One guy is, and he knows his name. Now, everybody else in town knew his name too. Because Zacchaeus was a member of the IRS, the Israeli Revenue Service. 
and he was a cheating tax collector. I, if there's any IRS agents, I'm not making any statement here. I don't need an investigation. But, but he says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your house. We're going to have an appointment. And Zacchaeus came down from the sycamore fig tree. And the crowd says, who is this Jesus? He, he, on the way into town, he talks to a blind guy and heals him. And now the worst guy in town who's robbed us and stolen from us, and, and, and he's going to eat, eat with him. He's eating with sinners and uh, it's just, what's it with him? You know, Jesus doesn't, doesn't eat with sinners and become like them. He eats with sinners so that they can become like him. Yeah. It's not about compromise. Jesus never compromised who he was, no matter where he was. He stands before Pilate. He didn't compromise. Stands before Herod. Caiaphas doesn't matter. Crowd of Jericho, doesn't matter. He has a divine agenda and a divine appointment to have with a little short dude named Zacchaeus. And Jesus comes in, they sit down to eat, and before Jesus even offers grace over the meal, Zacchaeus says, I know I've sinned, I've done bad things. You, just the presence of Jesus can convict your sins. He says, I, I'm going to return every, everyone. I'm going to multiply what I give back to them. He's saying that not to the crowd. He's saying that to Jesus. And Jesus says what? Today, salvation has come to this house. What a divine appointment. From the worst guy in town to someone who has just been saved because Jesus saw his heart of repentance and change. Did I mention I believe in divine appointments? Did I mention that Jesus just might have a divine appointment for you today? Did, did I mention that you may not even be aware of what he wants to talk with you about? You think everything's going fine. I, well, I was at the altar a couple weeks ago. I, you know, I, I, everything seems... He knows what's around the corner, child of God. Amen. There may be some that need what Bartimaeus needed today. You need a divine appointment for the healing that only God can give you, physical healing. But it can also heal spiritually blind eyes as well. If there are those here today and you came to church and you said, well, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't bore me to tears today. I hope, hope he has something decent to say. At least maybe the music will be good, you know. But, you know, you know maybe the drummer will be on beat this time. I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but... You know what the drum said to the drummer, don't you? Beats me. I, no, I, 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 Divine 
reel it back in divine appointments there may be some here today that need a physical healing but you say well everybody knows I, I need healing I, I've, I've been prayed for before I'll just kind of sit this one out would you at least consider the possibility that today you can come and sit at the well And as we pray in the name of the Jesus who still sits at wells, there could be healing in your body today. Pastor, are you promising? No, I'm promising you. I'm going to pray for you in the name of the Jesus who can heal any sickness, any disease. Don't skip your appointment. How many of you get those reminders when you have a doctor's appointment? And they send those things out. You realize you have an appointment at such and such a time for such and such and do this and that before you get here. Why do they do that? Because sometimes, even though we have an appointment, we forget about it. Other things crowd in and we just totally forget our appointment. Jesus is still waiting by the well. I believe that there is healing power in the, the prayer to a Jesus who waits by the well. Could you even just admit that it's a possibility? And I believe that same Jesus who sits at the well can bring salvation to a heart today. Maybe you've drifted from God. Maybe you, you never were right with God. You can be today. This woman had no clue when she got up to go to the well. She thought it was just going to be another hot day in the middle of Samaria. But she came back and ran back refreshed. She forgot her water pots, left them there, went back into town because she had some good news about living water that can transform lives. There may be someone here or watching today. Jesus is still sitting at the well and he knows your past. He even knows your present. But he can change your future. Maybe it's something that you've done, something that you, you did recently that needs to be forgiven by the Lord. Would you leave where you're going to stand in a few moments and find a place to sit by the well as we pray in the name of Jesus. Could there be a possibility that you have a divine appointment for wisdom, direction, guidance in some of that preventive maintenance in your spiritual Christian life? Could you admit the possibility that you don't know what's around the corner? And Jesus does. And he wants to prepare and equip us for that which our next step will take us to. Would you be willing to say, I'm going to the well today for a one-on-one -on -one with my Jesus?
it can be fear it can be financial issues It can be a variety of things, relationships, whatever. Confusion. Well, that woman was confused about her faith, wasn't she? She thought that going and offering things to idols at, at their temple in, in the Samaria was going to do the job for her. Jesus said, no, no, you need living water, not dead streams. Did I mention? I believe in divine appointments. Would you come to the well? Would you stand right now and get ready to come to the well? As the musicians come, would, would you stand please? And I'm inviting you to leave whatever behind you and come find a place at the altar today we'll, we're going to call it a well I'm going to have the anointing oil and I'm just going to go down the line and I'm going to pray with you If Jesus reveals something that I need to share with you, I will. But it's not about that. It's about a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus at the altar. You and him, we're going to talk to Jesus. Heavenly Father, I believe in divine appointments. For salvation, for healing, for provision for direction and guidance to overcome fear and confusion Father for preventative maintenance in our walk with you thank you Father you know what's around the corner and we do not Lord I've tried to be faithful what, what you shared with me to share today No one comes to the well. I know Jesus will. Thank you for waiting at the well for each of us. Thank you for loving a Samaritan woman enough to meet in the hot heat of the day. Go out of your way to be there for one soul who else was going to reach her if it wasn't a one-on-one -on -one with somebody named Jesus? Father, thank you for divine appointments. Meet your people at the well today. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to come and have a seat at the well. Just have a seat. We're on the front rows, the second row as well. Have a, have a seat at the well today. I'm going to take the anointing oil. I've got some spaces here, and you can come as well. Here in the center.
second rows along the side. I'm going to start over here and I'm going to anoint with oil. I'm going to pray for whatever brings you to the well that the Lord mighty God would meet you at the well today. How many of you with a show of hands can say, I could use a divine appointment right about now. I could use a divine appointment with Jesus. Everybody else who's not up front or even if you're up front awaiting to be prayed for, I'm going to go and anoint each one. If God has something special to say through divine revelation, that's cool. But we're going to pray for each one. And believe God that it's a one-on-one -on -one with you and Jesus today. He said, wherever two or three are gathered, and we got the two nailed down, don't we? He says, I'll be in the midst of them. Everybody else be praying along with us for those we're laying hands on, those we're anointing with oil, for what they need with their divine appointment with Jesus today. Father God, meet my brother. 